It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Cyclone Fanatic Podcast, Williams and Bloom on your Sunday night. Of course, we are presented by our good friends at Mechdyne and the Mechdyne Corporation. Enabling discovery is their little catchphrase. It's not a catchphrase. It's what they live by. It's a mission. It's a mission statement. Go to mechdyne.com. I actually did that Campbell interview a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it was very well done. If you guys miss it, it kind of got. It was right. There's a lot going on. Big Twelve tournament, mm-hmm. yeah. But I was I was walking around the football facility, and I was looking like, oh man, Mechdyne's got its fingerprints all over this bad boy. It looked good. Mechdyne.com. Check them out. They have a careers page. I would encourage young IT professionals or wanting to be a professional. You can get some great experience with our friends at Mechdyne. They're located just down the road in Marshalltown. I also want to encourage you all to go to farmstorymeats.com. It is going to be in the 50s some this week. It's I'm so ready up. to grill. Yes. I have no idea. It is grilling season. Farmstorymeats.com. I would subscribe. I would, if I were you, I would subscribe. I would get a bundle and they send you a box. You know, the, a lot of people, they do the, uh, like they send you the meal. And you cook yeah. the, they just yeah. send you a giant box of meat each and every month. There's all these different samplers. This is one of my. Oh, you got we got Easter hams. Ooh, yeah, get your Easter time. ham. Tis the season. We got all sorts of good stuff at FarmStoryMeats.com. The quality is it's unbelievable. The quality that they create that they have for you, and you're supporting great local farmers. And a great local company, farmstorymeats.com. With that, boy, we got a lot to get to. This is not a fun podcast today, but we're going to do it. We're here, win or lose. Every week. We show up. Let's start with some English.
back much, from how Greensboro. Much, how much sleep you working on? Not much today. Um, I got up at about 3.30 Iowa time to get out of Greensboro. That Now, that's a whole deal. That airport makes... Greensboro it, has an airport? Yes. Did you just drive to Charlotte? No. Did you connect in Charlotte? On the way there. On the way home, I had to go through Atlanta. Ah, um, interesting. But I was just going to say the... The Greensboro Airport makes Des Moines look like Atlanta. Say, was there any uh, coffee or food options at the Greensboro uh, Airport? Just, there was a, a lot like Des Moines, honestly. Okay. Very similar to the Des Moines Airport, but, just not as clean as, as what we have. Was anybody drinking? There were a lot that's of people. My, it's my favorite game to play going into an airport. I wanna, I, this is a great question for everybody. Do you think in a given day there's more alcohol or coffee consumed at an airport? Because any, any hour of the day, but any hour of the day, you will find somebody. Oh, yeah. It's 6 a.m. They're sitting right. there drinking And there's beer. not as many drinking yeah. coffee at, at, at 6 o'clock on anyway. Always a fun game to play. Interesting experience in, in Greensboro. Not sure I would ever vacation in that okay. location. But it, but it's it's one of those sites. It's very Dayton-esque. Yeah. Where it's like. They care. The people care. And that's what makes it cool. They had a, but like, but it's still like so like not Des Moines too because I saw the crowds we had here. Yeah, it was man. The atmosphere actually on Friday of those games was top notch. The Kennesaw State fans were crazy. Xavier had a huge following. Pitt had more fans than Iowa State did. So like the the atmosphere easier drive. Yeah, yeah. It, It was and like they were more excited about being in a tournament. They haven't been in one forever. You know, Iowa State were kind of becoming used to this, which is a good thing. Um, but I, I I did have the older Chris Williams, like the last time I was in one of these cities was Dayton, and I just hated it. And I was thinking very selfishly, like, well, they don't have a lot of good bars. Now, you know, a place like that I actually kind of appreciate because I, I like going to places where they really, really care. You can get a good meal and you, know, you don't need to yeah, well, need bar hop. And you think of all the Duke and North Carolina fans – that are in that area who are just nutty college basketball fans that'll go and watch those games no matter what. And that's kind of what you have in Des Moines. Like, yep. you know, we're going to show up and, and watch those games regardless. So it was cool to see all the Iowa state fans in Des Moines with Iowa state gear on. Yeah, it, it really I mean, there was. had to be like five times more Iowa state fans in Des Moines than there were at the Greensboro games. Really incredible atmosphere. I, I, I thought that Des Moines just provided all well, weekend long. Yep, Des Moines will get it again for sure. And then the but the the damn um what what you call it um Texas coach that guy's oh unbelievable. Goodness, we don't have we don't have time for that today. Don't I'm have sure time Hassel for that and today. I will talk yeah, about it. Please do on Iowa everywhere. I don't I don't want to say something I'll regret. I just uh, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this guy is something else. Um, okay, so we'll 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 start with the men. We'll touch on the women, and we will also probably do old David Carr. Is that was just oh, brutal. Just that was a, one of the really harder bad week. Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of the, the theme on social media. Is that the worst Iowa State weekend ever? And I don't know. I mean, I don't no. like to think about that. The, the worst one is when you're not even participating. Correct. Been and there, done that. Yeah, and that's the thing. Is like, man, from a from a two three day standpoint, not an enjoyable time. But the the, the higher you get, the the harder the fall. And that's what that was. I mean, it mm-hmm. was it was just complete. It was painful because it was back to back <clears throat> to back, and 
But yeah, but that's that's the that's the thing with with sports in general, and specifically the NCAA tournament. There's only one winner. Everybody else goes home upset to some extent. Now you don't expect to lose like the men and the women did in the first game, and I think that that makes it especially difficult. But that's the risk. That's the risk with anything that means something. I actually kind of thought the women might be in trouble the more I looked into that Toledo team. They were really good. That was a really good yeah, team. Yeah, I mean, they you you could argue that team was extremely <laughs> underseeded. I think both of those teams were underseeded. I mean, that the their two guards were as good as any yeah, duo Iowa State seen all year. They were really good, and you knew you knew you were going to have to play top notch and that's hard to do coming off of a tournament championship well, we've seen this and here's the thing and and why you're at risk in any game like that the teams that would give the toledos of the world problems are power five teams that have multiple bigs so what does iowa state not have since the suarez injury and the jordao injury multiple bigs iowa state is essentially the same size as a max school so mm-hmm. then it just comes down to a, a skill and making shot game and that's what happened it's that simple. Now, if Toledo plays South Carolina, they get buried because South Carolina or Texas or whoever can just, just maul them with size. And it's it's. But unfortunately, just the way Iowa State after the injury, it was, you know, Morgan Kane and and Zingaro are basically on the same level as those those older Mac players. It is what it is, mm-hmm. and that's what happens. And so you you make it a shot making game, and they made more. I think it was basically as simple as that. Yeah, no, I, I think that's pretty good analysis. They, I mean, they'd only lost four games all year, so you. Well, they're yeah. extreme confidence. Yeah, extreme confidence, and that, and they, they, they were well prepared. I thought their their scout on Iowa State was really good, and you know, Ashley could only do so much, mm-hmm. and j- just needed needed more shots to go in. The men's game was excruciating. Yes, that's the right word. One of the. It, it, this is where I, I get – I have a hard time because, like, it was one of the single worst games I've ever watched in my life. Yeah. And we've called 1A basketball in Southwest Iowa. Okay, I'm kidding. I, call, I, I, don't I called the game where the gal <laughs> sat on the floor. I felt terrible for Jaron. Yeah. He was the one I was talking to in the locker room about it, and – and even like after the cameras went off, and like ph- I was just kind of phenomenal conversation oh, that you posted. He was he's, he's the best. The best. Yeah, I just, mean, we're I'm just, gonna miss that kid a lot. I am too. I really, really, really enjoy him. I really gotten to really like Gabe Kalsher a lot. Um, Jazz is first class. Jazz is yep. great. You know, there's a oh, lot of it. Guys. I went and shook yep. Oshun's hand. Shun, he's been awesome, great dude. Yep. Been really, really good to work. And they're with. all great guys. That's yeah, the, that's what makes honestly. The, the older I get, and, and, and again, we're kind of in that ecosystem, whatever. Yes. You feel worse, not because of the result. You'll feel bad because of the people involved. Well, and here's... And, that, and I just felt gutted for those guys I felt, to go out like that. Yeah, and like, the thing is, I, I, I'm pit out a good game plan. Give them credit. Sure. Jeff Cape no, is I, a good that was coach. A great game you know, plan. They're a very experienced team. They were very highly motivated. Like, there was all that stuff. And I do think that that... I, I read it right. But it, that that point on Tuesday, there's a carryover, and nobody can tell me it's not a real thing. It absolutely is. It's not an excuse for Iowa State, but here's the point I was trying to make. Is when you look, and I unfortunately went back and watched the game because I was just like, what the hell happened? Mm-hmm. They weren't – the first half, Iowa State got a little bit into that settling for bad jumpers type stuff. 
10 minutes on, like, they were just missing shots that they – and they're not a great offensive team. We all know that. But that game wasn't even an anomaly for them. So I thought – because I'm watching the same thing. I'm like, gosh, I just don't know what else you can do because you're getting – for this team – And they were playing great on defense. Yep. For this team, they're getting good looks for them. They just – none of them were going in. So this this tweet was phenomenal. It's from and again this is all metric based. So it's not perfect, but it's from a Twitter account called Shot underscore Quality. Did you see this? Yes, I did see it. And I thought it was. This it, is what made me watch the game again. Yep. This this tweet and and this this is the tweet based on the quality of the shots taken in the game. So again, what what these systems can do is they can track where you make shots. What is a quality shot? What isn't? And they said, based on the quality of shots taken, Iowa State wins that game 79% of the time. Pittsburgh would win 21% of the time. The expected score for that game should have been, again, should have been, 71-62 to Iowa State. Instead, it was 59-41 Pitt, which was like the largest spread in this tracking metrics history of the expected result to the actual result. So that says that, uh, you know, Iowa State... Got shots, just nobody made them. So how do you fix that? You get people who can put the ball in the basket. And I thought the shots were fine. I mean, Jaron missed someone that were just wide open. Jazz missed some that were wide open. And then the other part was they just did not let Shoon or Jones get comfortable inside. And I think uh, Pitt knew the same game plan as Iowa State did. It was like Iowa State knew that was their advantage, but Pitt was hell-bent on taking that away and making Iowa State make shots. And guess what? Iowa State didn't make any shots. Yeah, and that's, and that's it's pretty simple. That's pretty honest. <clears throat> and I, I, mean, I thought like, Iowa State's defense was really, really good. I did too. It, it was just a the I had a really weird feeling after the game. Slow start. I will say the defense had a slow start. I think there was a little bit of that oh, yeah. rust factor early, and then you're down twenty to two, and it's like, oh no! It was the twelve minute mark. Yep. It's, something happened. It, like Taman got a steal, or yep. and, and it was like, oh okay, this is turning here. But then, like, even they, you know, missing free throws, missing wide-open threes, but they couldn't make a shot. They couldn't make anything. And, you know, I got to – when they pulled it within five, I would have bet your 401K they were going to win that game <laughs> because Pitt was folding. Like, you could see it. They were frustrated at that point. But then, you know, Jaron makes a great point, and this is so important, is that when you get down 20 or whatever they got down – you start to press. Oh yeah. And then you start to think like I have to make these shots and then you're thinking more than you're playing and it did feel like the later it got in that game nobody wanted the ball in it. Yeah, in it. It was weird. Yeah. I mean tame it, it's like they all even Jazz <clears throat> Jazz passed up a couple of them in the second half where it's like man you got to shoot that. But when you don't see it go in for so long, yeah. you just kind of lose it. Uh, I mean listen, I Pitt deserved to win that game. They were better than Iowa State that day. Absolutely. It was frustrating, though, because you, you felt like Pitt was giving them every opportunity. When, you know, you go out there, you're down, what, seven and a half. Pitt scores the first six points of the second, and you, you basically don't score for the first ten minutes of the second half, and you're still in the game. You know, you felt like, and I thought, give me some credit here, I predicted it was correct for once in my life. I thought the officiating would shift, and it did in Iowa State's yeah. favor for the second half, and it still didn't it matter. It didn't matter. You know, you even when you got to the line, you were missing free throws. Yeah, and- so 
it was like you're frustrated because I truly think Iowa State's a lot better than Pitt. But you also like after the game, like I wasn't even mad because it was like you can't play that poorly on offense and expect to win an NCAA tournament game. No, like, I think anybody who's watched Iowa State the last year is like, yeah, we've seen that game before. Yeah. It's just the worst possible timing for it to come out. When everybody's watching. Everybody's on Twitter. And and yeah. I so so Pitt had a good game plan, but gosh, as Xavier showed today, if you get them moving and you're making shots, it it gets away from them. And honestly, I think if Iowa State in the first three minutes of the second half, if it makes a couple of threes, I I think the pyramid could have come crashing down on Pitt. I actually, it didn't. It didn't. So I Iowa State could make a shot. I was dead wrong, and and I'm Homer, but I I thought when they pulled it within five, I would I thought Iowa State would win by double digits. Yeah, I, I thought that they were breaking. Pitt was. They, Iowa State didn't even play that great in that comeback. No, and Pitt Pitt's a great story. They did a nice job, but man, that is not that is not a team that um, that you should lose to twenty points by. No, no, no. but it, that's that's the that's the tournament, and that's this basketball team. So. You know, looking forward, how do you fix it? It's as simple as I, I, I don't think it's like an offensive system situation. It's it's really you got to find some shooters, and you know, you lose Jaron, you lose Gabe, you lose Jazz, you lose Shoon. There's going to be movement. You've got some pieces coming in, but I think it's it's paramount for Iowa State in the portal to get some older shot makers or create creators. That's the other thing with this team is when the shots aren't going in, Taman and Jaron sometimes were about the only creators, too. And then when Shun got hurt middle of the conference year, mm-hmm. he just wasn't the same player. He has been the same He just guy hasn't been the same player. And so you just don't have... You don't have that And you eliminate ball. Caleb. And then... All right, so then the, sh- the floor shrinks further. Yeah. It was like... If, when you go watch that game, Pitt basically just put up a wall at the 12-foot mark and just said... Shoot it over us. I bet yeah. you can't. And they were right. Uh, well, I want to they talk about double. They were doubling Rob Jones. I want to talk about the offseason and Tame and yep. Lipsy and Jeremiah Williams and all that stuff when we, uh, real There's quick. A lot to talk about. Uh, shout out to my friends at Plaza RV. Bloom, we should get. Have you ever thought about getting an RV? I. <sighs> you ever thought about it? I've thought about it. Going camping with the kids? Take the kids camping. I, I mean, my idea of camping is staying at a, a courtyard instead of a Marriott. But I bought yeah. a beautiful Coachman Catalina from my friends at Plaza RV. Catalina wine mixer? Everybody says that when I show a picture <laughs> of my camper. I always dreamed of having a camper because I used to go on these dirt racing road trips with my uncle. And yeah. now that I have my own, it's just like it's kind of a, source, the youth. It's like a source of pride for me. My kids love it. It's their favorite thing in the world to do is go camping as a family. My dog loves it. Dirks just loves being in the outdoors. How if, it, listen, guys, if you've got maybe that tax return money, maybe you've got you know something you've been setting on the side to do for the family, you, you do yourself a favor and check out my friends at Plaza RV because they're locally owned. So everything is – all the decisions are made by like two guys. And it's a family-owned. Uh, the Edwards family is phenomenal. Uh, just love these people. They're the best people, and that's why I'm sending you to Plaza RV. They're located here in the great, the elite city of the 3A state champion. That's right, Blue Jays. Bondurant Blue Jays, baby. 
champs. Love, love me some Jays. Shout out to, uh, I, I felt like John Walters. That's on, my, that's my neighbor. That's my neighbor. When, um, main man Colby Collison. Colby Collison, yeah. Was holding up the. And he is your neighbor. Hope was. He used to be my neighbor. Uh, now they, they moved outside of town, but. Anyway, so talk to Tame and Lipsy after the game. By the way, Bondurant, Zona, Alan Lazard had a yeah. good week. Yes. Good week for Bondurant. Yeah. Good week w- Good week for the property tax base. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Not kidding there. Jeez. Good for Alan. Happy for that guy. Did Is the is the Rogers thing done? No. Okay, that's not done yet. Okay. It was pretty, it was pretty, pretty much good to tell when Rogers yeah. signed, or when, when Lazard signed. And that. Cobb. It's like, yeah. okay, let's just get the band back together. <laughs> Jeez. Um, Allen's actually starting to get expensive and his third team and, you know, I got to get all these jerseys yeah, and it's starting to get a little one. bit, come on now, <laughs> let's go Allen, get a long-term deal somewhere, please. Or just send me a Jersey. That'd be that'd nice. Be, yeah, then you don't have to pay for it. Um, another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So Tame and Lipsy is the talk of the uh, a lot of the offseason conversation. Yeah. I, I, I want to defend him. And there's really should be no defense needed, but of all the tweets of take a jump shot, you got to yeah. make a jump shot and all this stuff. Yep. Okay. And the reason I want to defend him is a lot of the deficiencies in his game that we all have seen over and over again. This is a good and a bad thing. It's a good thing because he played so much and he did really well. Oh my gosh. Yes. He overachieved this year. He exceeded expectations. He was in many ways, the glue to that team as a true freshman. The bad thing is, you know, he was exposed in a lot of these ways and he, he would have had a much easier path to development had Jeremiah Williams not been hurt. But here's the good thing is Taman's going to be better off for it. No doubt. And I, I, I was really impressed with him. So he's crying after the game. I, this is the worst part. I, it's the absolute worst thing. Those of, locker of, rooms are brutal. The, the losing locker room and going in there at the end of the, is horrible. I hate it. You stick a camera in these guys. It's, it's you, so unnatural, but you got to do it. And well, and you, you realize pretty quickly that wait a second, these are just yeah, you know. And I really, also yeah. I think it's important. Like a lot of people were being dicks on Twitter, and I put out that Jaron Holmes video, and they're like, "Oh wow, oh they they don't yeah. care." <laughs> I my least favorite thing is when fans call performance embarrassing. Like yeah, to who? To like who? you're you're, yeah. you're physically embarrassed watching this game, like. Embarrassing as if they would have gotten in a fist fight, and you know, like it was unfortunate. It sucked. <laughs> I'm sure they were embarrassed, but what? Like a fan is like physically embarrassed. Those guys, um, they they left it all out there. I'll put it where I'm going now. I'm rambling. The Lipsy deal. The first thing he brings up to me, and he's got tears in his eyes, and I say, Taman, uh, what do you? 
I, the clip's all over the place if you guys want to go watch it. And without, I didn't ask him about a jump shot or anything. And he just starts going into how critical of an offseason it's going to be for him individually to develop a shot and all this stuff. And it's just like, that's great. He knows. Yeah, that's great. He's not an idiot. <laughs> like, that's the thing. And, and I also think fans, you need to realize as well that they run analytics on practice and stuff all day. I told you about the balls, right? About how they have the balls now that track how many shots you make during practice. So it's wild. They, in many cases, I'm sure Taman is taught don't shoot that. Analytically, we have a better chance to not shoot your open jumper, and we're going to try and find something else. And yeah, it's a that's a huge key to the off season. But I, I was very like I thought it was. I was not surprised, but Taman just brought it up on his own. He's like, yeah, I got to get to well, work. And, and what it, it, history has proven that you can get better at that with practice. One of my favorite Iowa State stats, and it, it's not apples to apples here, but Fred Hoiberg, who's arguably the best shooter in Iowa State history, I think shot 24% as a freshman at Iowa State. I think people now, you because we, we start hearing about recruits you know, when they're freshmen and sophomores in high school, even earlier, and and more and more are making an impact early like Taman did, that you expect them to be a finished product right away. If you think about Taman's development, this was a multi-sport player. He gets injured and largely didn't play basketball for like a year or, or more. Um, and the jump shot changed a little bit for him after his injury. But now you give him time to work on it. I mean, that guy is, there's nobody's going to outwork him. And he knows he has to shoot the ball better. And he'll he'll get better at it. Like, mm-hmm. just think of all the Iowa State players that have gotten a more consistent jump shooter the longer they've been at Iowa State. Just because you shoot this as a freshman doesn't mean this is who you're going to be your entire time. Do I expect him to be Matt Thomas or Naz Long and, and make 100 threes in a year? Absolutely not. But he can be somebody, the, the form is there. Like the, the the mechanics are there. It's just a matter, I think, of of work and practice and confidence developing from that. I yeah. think he'll be. I I am I'm a big believer in in him being uh, being the guy going forward. And I I don't know this. You you would probably know more than me, but I would guess more often than not, he's not passing up the shot because he doesn't want to take it. He's not supposed to shoot it. Would be my guess. Well, and I, I, yeah, it it's inter- it'd be interesting if you talk to. To the staff, or even like a, a Thomas Pollard, who is the analytics guy, I was like, "What? What is? How? How much discretion do you give these guys?" I mean, he took one in the corner against Pitt, made it. That was great. Like, I know he can do it, but do you have the conversation of actually it's better? Let's let's pass it unless you're under five seconds in the shot clock, then you shoot it, or, or however in depth that gets. But I I I I am so excited for him. Because when you put him with the the talent coming in, um, I think Lipsy is going to win a whole lot of games at Iowa State. And the nice thing is, Jeremiah Williams is starting to, you know, he'll get back and he should be good to go next year. And he can alleviate some of the pressure. Damon doesn't need the ball the whole time. And Williams isn't a knockdown shooter by any means, but he will be a threat out there too. He's better than Taman was. Yeah. Yes. This year. Yes, and the numbers aren't great for him, but he showed in the practices and some of the summer work that, that he can be he can be a threat from outside. Feels, too, like he's just kind of a... Anytime a guy's coming off of an Achilles... Yeah, you just don't know. That's a hard injury. It, it is. So it'll be really good for him to have Taman. So those... Taman will be better off playing 25 minutes than 40. 
or 35. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think both absolutely. of those guys will – I did see, and I, I hope whoever posted this on the on the premium board today asked me a question about those two playing together next year. My get, I mean, it, that's impossible to know because I don't know what they're going to get in the portal. For sure. I don't think that's an ideal situation to have them on the court at the same time in most cases, right? Well, unless you need uh, – the, the thing is, both can drive it. Both are multiple ball handlers. Now, when they're on the floor together, you're still going to need one or two – you got to have somebody on the wing who can shoot. It's going to be interesting what the offseason moves are, okay? Because here's here's the known commodities, right? So, Taman's back. Jeremiah Williams is back. Uh, Trey King sounds like we'll be back. He's got the yeah. extra year. I mean, I, I did a whole feature on him with yeah, his dad great. and TJ and him, and not a single person led me to believe he wouldn't be back. And again, nothing's none of this is yeah. official, but yeah. we can we can kind of. I, and, and I would guess that all the player coaches meetings are early this week right. or mid this week. Uh, like that. Rob Jones can come back. I'm trying to think, who who am I missing? Demarion Watson is likely going to be back. Um, Asan Ward could come back. Eli King could come back. But you you also know you have Omaha Balu, uh, Milan Momsilovic, Kalani. Fish Hamilton, or excuse me, Jelani Hamilton, Hamilton, and then Fish, Caden Fish. Caden Fish. You were getting I got them together. Syllables and yeah, you got it. Thank you, thank, yeah. thank you. We You're worked together here. Consonants, and but yeah, you you know, Momsilovich just won a state title. That guy's going to come in and be a really <laughs> Actually, good shooter. Here, really well, good well, trivia. Yeah, Baloo's the only one who didn't win state this year of those four. Is that right? Yeah, Jelani, uh, nice. Jelani, Momsilovich, and Fish all won state championships. But you're gonna you're gonna get. You're going to get some offensive weapons. And then, for a fact, Iowa State is going to add people that can put the ball in the basket in the portal. It It's interesting. If you looked at last offseason at this time, we've talked about on this podcast, you, we thought the guy was going to be A.J. Green. Mm-hmm. That was the plan. We were just waiting. And it didn't work. I mean, he got a call at the last second. Good on and, him. He's yeah, he's, he's been doing great. pretty good. He's he's playing a lot. Yeah, for the Bucks doing well. How much? I mean, just, just just hypothetically, right? How much does that change what this Iowa State offense looks like this year? Quite oh, a you're bit. a totally different. Quite team. a bit. Totally different. And so that's team. why. But you're the, the, dare I say you're a three seed if you this, have him. The staff did not intend. Am I wrong? If you have, I it's it's impossible to know. But gosh, it opens up the entire floor. Well, let's say this: you get Williams, right? He doesn't get hurt, and you have AJ Green. They're a three seed. If you think about it, Iowa State was Green would have been a starter. Williams would have been a starter. Coons missed a lot of time. Grill was a starter for most of the year. If you were down three and a half starters, you know, quote unquote. If you want to, consider, obviously, we're being very hypothetical. Yeah, but I'm just don't saying, tweet at us about excuse. We know what not, we're what we're just. But I'm just saying. The, the staff had the plan. They have a plan now for this offseason, and then number one priority is to add people who can put the ball in the basket. The, I, I kind of got a little frustrated with the idea of, oh, is this the TJ offense? It's like, no, it's not. This is not... It, Iowa State will maximize its roster to win games. This is what this team had to do because they did not have a lot of guys that could put the ball in the basket. This was the plan in year one. This wasn't really the plan in year two because the... I am excited for what you get. Brent Grant Basile and you get AJ Green. Green. It's different. Yeah, you it's missed. Different. And you, you missed, missed on Basile. 
and Green went pro. Like they, you know, that's the that's the blessing and the curse of the portal, though, is you can reload real fast. And we'll see how Iowa State wants to shape this roster. It's going to be fun. This next three weeks will be hell. Think about if you got Tyrese Hunter, AJ Green, and Grant, Grant Basile. <laughs> yep. I don't. That's the thing. I mean, like, this, there's this no Rodney Terry. I mean, Rod, I, this yeah, this guy. It's unbelievable. I'm surprised he didn't stop the Unreal. fans that were booing him yesterday. Sorry, but there's a lot. That I think there's a lot that's going to happen, and I'm excited to see what the staff feels is, is they can add to because man, the, these these young guys are going to be really good, but they need some older veterans to steer them along. So this is going to be a fun couple weeks. I want to talk to you about the portal. Before I do that, I want to thank our friends at Gravitate Coworking. Check them out at gravitatecoworking.com. Really good time of year to get a spot. I I mean, I think it'd be cool to have a spot at the downtown one. Wouldn't you just feel like a like you're kind of important I'd, walking yeah, around the city? Walking, yeah, absolutely. You know? Stopping over at the oh, I'm, I'm cafe. Important. Look at me. I'm going to yeah, my office. Going to, I'm getting a cup of coffee, and now I'm going to... Uh, you wouldn't even have to do that because they've got coffee at Gravitate Coworking. You can check out all go. of their great options about that. at gravitatecoworking.com. They even have kegs of beer, for crying out loud. Owned and operated by a great Cyclone fan. Check them out at gravitatecoworking.com today. I also want to thank our friends at, at Danielson Law. Now, th- this is neat. So, they do this deal... Now, I like forward-thinking companies. I don't like, you know, I'm not investing in General Electric, okay? I like uh, forward thinkers here. Um, Did you know that you can now have notary service done, like, over Zoom? It's incredible. And they're doing it right here at DanielsonLaw.com. Jeremy's a huge Cyclone fan, massive Cyclone. He's a nutty Cyclone fan. And he's a real estate attorney in Des Moines. So if you're looking to buy or sell a house coming up this spring, you're going to need an attorney to go over all that stuff for you. This is a highly recommended guy. I have, I have not used him because I haven't bought a house since I – Yeah, a long time. I, uh, man, I bought this house like 12 years ago. Uh, but if I did, I would give him a call immediately, danielsonlaw.com. I'm going to spell that for you. Just a good dude. Good dude. D-A-N-I-L-S-O-N-Law.com. He's one of those those kind attorneys. Not all of them are kind. No, I'd a lot of them. With, I'd work with Danielson anytime. A lot of Plus them. Plus, he's smart, smart, sharks. kind, good guy. Certainly, last but certainly not least, if we get into segment two, as we, I'm trying to like brand the second half of Williams and Bloom because we get a little more off the wall, a little bit a little, more crazy. Uh, a little but it's after, presented by our friends. You at, still haven't released the After Dark pod, so... That is never coming out. <laughs> Trust me. Nobody who was there wants that pod to come out. <laughs> Wiffles Hybrids presents segment two of the Williams and Bloom podcast each and every week. We're getting into plant and season, baby. Corn seed. And I... The weather this weekend did not help the cause because it was like miserable. It was cold. It's gonna be nice this but week, but we're getting there. Yeah, we're moving. We're moving in that direction. And if we're planting. We're planting. We're whiffles. shout out to our friends at Wiffles Hybrids, Wiffles dot com. And uh, it's funny. I actually have the. Uh, I don't want to date the pod, but we've got Creighton Baylor on here in the background, and we've referenced the bullet dodged. The Scott Drew tattoo on my ass <laughs> a few years ago, and boy, Adam from Wiffles just thinks it's great. I, I, I mean, he just thinks it's great. 
And anytime I look at Scott Drew, I can't think otherwise. Yeah. So He's a dandy. He's a dandy. He just makes you laugh. All right. So the portal this offseason, Bloom, your opinion. Are we going to see as much money thrown around, less money thrown yeah. around? Is Where are we at compared to a year? Yeah. Ago? So thank you. So that, uh, actually, this is super interesting. And again, kind of the new world we're in. Last year at this time, I'd say about 30 to 40% of Power 5 schools had a collective. Now, it's 100%. Everybody has one. Um, and the fundraising for most of these has really gone up. Just for clarification, too, at this time last year, Iowa State's was like in the building process, oh, but not even close to being live. The, right? We Will Collective officially launched April 26th. Okay. Um, which was post Tyrese Hunter to get Tyrese Hunter Gate is really what pushed it. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, but again, about thirty to forty percent had collectives. There were some some people throwing some money around, but now it's really, I'd say, I don't know if sophisticated is the right word, but there's a lot more people participating, and there's a lot more dollars at play here because what has happened with these at, at with these collectives is. The big so also in this last twelve months, C-Dub, the Big Ten, the SEC, the Big Twelve all signed new TV deals. So we, uh, well, what does that have anything to do with collectives? Well, what is allowed now by NCAA guidelines is administrations, athletic administrations, can help collectives fundraise. They can't be a part of the transaction with a student athlete. They can help fundraise. So, let's say you're donor X and you've been giving hundred thousand dollars to Texas A&M. If I'm the AD at AM, I might just say, hey, how about you call the collective? We're getting enough in TV money. Let's shift that 100000 over to the collective. So that has broadened the fundraising. I would say there's probably, I mean, I don't want to give a, a number, but there's significantly more money in the system now in NIL. And it's not from the, the, the traditional marketing deals. It's from these collectives. So a lot of these collectives are working with millions of dollars now that they can spend in the offseason. So what does that mean? It means that these student athletes know entering this offseason, they are coming in with an expectation where it's almost, I mean, for lack of a better term, it's almost a minimum salary that they're expecting when approaching their new venture. So they know, okay, if I come to this school, my expectation is I will get this minimum amount. In some places at some Power 5 schools, going to be honest with everybody here, that minimum amount is in the six figures. Minimum. That's what I've been hearing, too. So since the season ended, I've been sending text messages to my friends all over the country in this world, and that's the vibe I'm getting. Yep. Any, ba- I, I was told anybody who is a proven shooter at the high major level or a, any sort of a big man. Defensive presence. You're automatically six figures. Yep. It's pretty much, and so, so, and the, the, the supply has gone up. So now these, these select group knows, well, if the supply's there, it's just a matter of economics 101. I can, if I want to, I could put them up against each other now, and there's no rule against that. Um, so our, we will is, is better funded. Absolutely. We've had, we've made great progress, but so is everybody else. Yeah. And so it's kind of a, we'll see. I mean, I don't know what the expectation well, I, is going I, forward. So I had heard some stories last year about certain institutions that are pretty high profile where football coaches and basketball coaches mm-hmm. were actually like 
at odds behind the scenes. I can see that. Um, where, so where is the spending at? And I know it's different. Like Duke's going to spend more money on basketball. Like, right. I, I get it. Like I, I understand all that. I guess where I was at is like where where is the basketball versus football thing heading into this offseason? Yeah, and that's an, it's. I think it's a school by school basis. I will say our advantage at at Iowa State, and again we can we the I want to make it clear the administrators and the coaches cannot be part of any financial decisions as it relates to NIL. They mm-hmm. can help us in fundraising. Um, we can now even do some events affiliated with Iowa State, but they cannot be part of any of our financial decision making. So when they're meeting with a student athlete, what they can say is our guys, when you get here are going to be presented with this amount of opportunities. And that's the extent of what they can do. That said, I I think probably most places it's a numbers game. So you're looking at like a 70, 30, 80, 20 football, basketball, but it depends. Kansas has spent heavily on basketball as it should because basketball has been a big move, bigger mover for them than, than football. Other schools don't care as much about basketball, but what has helped us and, and Iowa state and the collective is we're small enough and hopefully have good enough relationships throughout that, that we can be pretty nimble and everybody on the same page. Uh, meaning that, you know, uh, we're not having some of the squabbling that, that has happened elsewhere. Yeah. No, it's inter the, the more like when I think through this, but the the collectives are a huge piece going forward because yeah, what, what has happened at some places is the collectives or are over promising for recruits and the whole thing blows up and it reflects poorly on the coaches. The interesting part to this is just, <laughs> this is not an anti-football statement. Don't take it that way. Sure. One basketball player does a lot more than one football player. Well, and that's why their so their that, minimum is going to be. Yeah, that's yeah. why I'm saying like, so you go into the portal, and this isn't an Iowa State thing. It's just in general. Yep. Like it, it's why like so we've both worked for recruiting services before. Yep. It's a hell of a lot easier to hit on a basketball player, right? I can look at Omaha Blue and tell you he's going to be in the NBA. Like, yes. I don't know where he's getting drafted. Yep. Nope. He will be in the NBA. 100%. Like, uh, with, barring an injury, I have no doubt. Um, when, you know, some of these guys, who's who's the kid that went from Memphis to Eastern Michigan? Oh, Bates. Yeah. Amani Bates. Amani Bates. Okay, like, you bring that guy onto any roster, he's making a difference. Yeah. Right. Now, like he, he off the court stuff. Correct. Has but got I, in the way for him. But yes, he, Allen is there. I was thinking of like the most high profile transfers from sure. from last year. So I, it's it's really interesting to me. I do think that the market will kind of screw itself because there's going to be a lot of guys uh-huh. that are getting paid six figures who are absolutely not worth it. Absolutely. This is this, in my opinion, this is the last. This is the last. The last year of the Wild West, where it's like nobody really knows for sure. I agree with you. And then there's legislation coming, by the way. Yeah. On two fronts, on the on from Congress is it's coming, and I I do think the the player employment status from the Supreme Court is making progress. That ultimately, I my feeling is again won't happen for a couple years. Eventually, NIL gets brought in-house, and it's just like a, a budget for athletic departments or for yeah, conferences. Just, and then it's just pay the players. I mean, right. But until right, then, like, I'll just, I mean, I'll, I, won't, I won't be shy. Like, we, I would say 
a year ago at this time, we were a zero mm-hmm. because we had nothing. We could not compete at all. Like literally zero we could compete with in NIL. If, if somebody wanted NIL, it was like, oh, I would say it's not an option for you, honestly. Yeah. Now, we have made progress. Uh, however, everybody else has too. We're probably still behind what I'd say our peer group is. So what does that mean? I'm not sure. If, if, if it comes down to just NIL... If somebody just wants the the biggest amount of money, Iowa State's not going to get that player. Okay. Yeah. Did you hear what Jaron said about that? I did. I thought yeah. was he was dead on. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's, if it's part of a conversation we're looking for, we've got a chance. But I'll say, the the time to grow is now. Honestly. Yeah. Like I, I I'll I'll give you the numbers. We have about nineteen hundred donors, which is great. Like I I love it. That is nineteen hundred donors, and we had a year ago at this time. There are 8,000 Cyclone Club donors. If the 6,000 Cyclone Club donors that aren't We Will donors would give $10 a month, do the math, that is $700,000 right there. That's a like, huge difference. Right, and that's a huge difference. That would make a total game monster change. impact for us. Now, and that's just, that's just the small thing. It, it's going to matter at least for the next 12 to 18 months. And so if you're on the fence... I'm telling you, these next three weeks, you will have a direct impact on what Iowa State's roster will look like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hate to make it seem like it's all, because it's not. There's other factors for these guys. But to get in the conversation with some of these transfer portal prospects, you are going to have to, as a collective, tell them the expectation is X amount. And, um, you know, I would, I would love for that amount to be higher. Yeah. Once you get on campus, I want to make that clear. You, you'll, we will yeah. never purchase a player. Yeah. But when they get on campus, we can provide them these opportunities once they're, once they're at Iowa State. But it's the minimum has gone up considerably. I'm honestly, I'm kind of curious as to everybody, what that amount is and what it's going to take. It's fascinating. Hey, hey, where, hey, where is the women's game? It's so it's there's a there's almost everyone's got a minimum there too now. Yeah. So I was wondering. Yep. So it's it's. A big time transfer in the in women's basketball. It's not at the men, but it's getting close. I mean, there's a couple of players that LSU got that were over six figures. Jesus. I mean, so you are. This is everywhere. Just and wondered so, too, like I mean, and will it stop? It'll slow down. I th- but not, it hasn't yet. And and again, as long as there's money involved from TV, what these athletic departments are doing. And heck, guys, look up the Texas A&M. Texas A&M it literally has an NIL foundation now. They're going to build an endowment where they can they can outspend everybody. But they're making $100 million in TV revenue A&M. So they can just tell their donors, hey, go over here. And that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't guarantee success. But it, Yeah, but we watched their football program right. implode. But it gets you in the door to have the conversation about what else you have. Especially in, in men's basketball and women's basketball right now. It's it's changed already. Where now the expectation is, it's not it's not the fifth question. It's the first question people are asking is, oh, well, what does your NIL situation look like? That's the first question. And, and if I'm correct, it's a lot of the reason why it's like when you do events and you bring the whole team. A lot of it is so like when recruits are on campus, like and they ask, all the guys are like, yeah, yeah, we've. We've we've gotten some, like, yep. right? Like, so isn't that the kind of the strategy? Hundred percent. So our here's our thought: we are going to provide four opportunities per year with everybody on the men's basketball team next year. That's our goal. 
So even even Conrad, who's the best, will get the opportunity to to, to help out on four events. C E O. But because you when when these guys are are on campus, you want the current players to be your best advocates and saying, yeah, there's opportunities in NIL for all of us. And so that's that's kind of the plan. But it's man, I I think we've made a lot of progress, and, I, and thank you for everybody who is who's helped out. I just know our peer group is has made a lot of progress too, and ultimately, we're not competing in a vacuum here. You're you're competing against everybody else. Yeah. And everybody so I, else. I do think I do think that that we have some resources which I'm super grateful for. I, I just don't know what I don't know what the amount needed is going to be. Am I right in my assumption that with the top ten recruiting class coming in? Hmm? With a established point guard, that I mean, you, you, this off season seems less seems less dire than the one last year. Like I feel like it is a more appealing place for a transfer I, to go. Gosh, I would think so. Yeah, not talking money here. Yep. Just like if you are a guy who oh I'm a, I got my fifth year and I really want to play in an NCAA tournament, plug and play with a great atmosphere. Right? Great. Yep. It just feels like it's less dire. Going into the offseason. And the, the culture there is still still really good. And yeah. I think what football has shown is, yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys, you're going to need to have the NIL conversation of what is possible. But if you like the guys you're around and you like the culture and you like what the rest of Iowa State is about, that is still a huge part of it too. Um, It's not just – these guys are pretty sophisticated. It's not just all, hey, how much are you going to pay me? That's not. That's not it. But unfortunately, it is getting to the point where – there is a minimum expectation for at least entering a conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where we're at. Really fascinating stuff. This is yeah. kind of right in my wheelhouse. I And you had a good tweet. I want to talk about this real quick. You're right. Ultimately, the people in this whole scenario who, what did you say, get taken advantage of or at the root of all of it are the fans. The- at some point, you have to acknowledge... Well, what are the fans, you know, how, what are the fans, where do they fit in here? The, the Rodney Everyone's Terry. taking advantage of the fans. The Rodney Terry comments are what got me on this I point. know, and I, I understand that's exactly what it was. Because, like, the guy is, first of all, is a total hypocrite. Like, Texas's fans were all over an injured Iowa State player for, like, and did he stop the game? He His, his quote was if my fans were talking like that to a player, I'd stop the game, and it was, yeah, I'm think, paraphrasing. TJ's gonna so grab I took that as a shot at TJ yeah, being same. like, which is a total lie. Like, that is ridiculous. He's not going to do that. But, like, the whole thing is to me, it's like Tyrese made a decision, and it's totally fine. Like, did you see Iowa State fans, like, being hateful to Tristan and Aruna or <laughs> Trey no. Jackson? Yeah. Tyrese, and we... Jaden Walker? We... We chronicled it on this podcast. Tyrese was, I don't want to say he was vocal on the way out because he wasn't, but he put out a a few turning of the knife type tweets that everybody saw and it didn't go, he didn't have a great exit. Team Hunter did not have a great exit. And that's where the vitriol came. But my, my whole thing, it, the, the Terry stuff just pissed me off because he was diminishing like fans like rolling all this is how I took it. None of this exists without the fans. Right. Who who pays you, Rodney? The reason yeah. all of you have jobs is because of the fans. Right? So and it it's 
from that to the coach that gets bent out of shape about and fans have a place to not be total lunatics yeah. i think right right like, like when it comes to actual verbal tweeting and at players and stuff and like that stop it yep. just stop it i'm not i'm not defending that but my whole deal i don't know like it it rubbed me the wrong way and i do look out i try and look out for the fans because at the end of the day like i'm just a big fan and I, that's kind of how I've always approached this thing. And again, like to me, this whole thing is just so unfortunate how it's set up and I don't blame you. Yeah. I don't blame blame Jamie Pollard. Yep. I don't blame TJ Otzelberger. Like this whole thing is so avoidable if they just would have done something 25 years ago, (laughs) you know, I absolutely, but anyways, like, yeah, like, and, and without actually, the fans, none of it exists. None and I of think it. that's what gets lost by people in the, you know, on the, the court, bubble. in the bubble. Because pe- I think people who get in the bubble, and I've done this myself, it's like, well, you, you forget, well, wait a second, how is that bubble built? The money all comes from people watching on TV, supporting yeah, at games. And, they're fans. And buying jerseys. It doesn't come, if, if, and I love the comparison, college basketball is basically the G League with passionate fan bases. Yeah. You don't care about the G League. The G, about the G League is considerably better basketball. It's better talent. Yeah. Absolutely. But but does anybody know anybody on the G League? No. And do the G League and now college basketball players get paid way more than the G League by the way. So this is but it's all part of it. I think we lose we everybody forgets that it is the the passion and the fans and the alums that really build this isn't professional sports still. It still is that, that connection to your school and everything else. And I think we've gone down some weird ways. I think a lot of ways this has been really cool, what can be done now for student-athletes. But they need to realize, too, that ultimately, yeah, you are very talented and we, we were paid to watch you, but we're still paying for it. And that is you are, there's an expectation still there of the fans need to be valued in this whole situation too. And I also think there's a bad culture in NIL and props to you guys. Cause I don't think that you're participating in this. In fact, I know you're not. There's a, I think a AAU type culture in where we just want the bag, but we don't want to do anything for it, which is so anti what NIL was ever yeah. meant to be. And that's why I hope if it gets institutionalized, like you were talking about, I hope we don't call it NIL. I hope we just say that they're employees. And yeah, and I think that on, I think you know, quite frankly, that's that's the way I think it will go. And I but think like when you guys when they go and do an event, like they have to be there. Oh yeah, to get paid. Yep. You know they have to do these things. We just had from a lot of the guys who are texting me back is like the frustration that we get is that these players just want the money and they don't want to do it. That's not name, image, and likeness. No, I I, I totally get it. And I listen. Like at the end of the day, it's. It's a necessary. I don't want to call it an evil because it's really not an evil thing. It's actually it's, it's really cool. What really, can be, absolutely can be done. We've seen a lot but of really cool things. Here. There, there are parts of it that are still like I, I can see why there's skepticism and why some still choose like I just don't agree with it and I, I respect that. But I'm just telling you, for the next twelve to eighteen months, it's like you, you we just got to get through this little patch. What is it? 
get or get got, right? Yeah, like, it's I mean, just got to get through this. And that's why I'm I'm excited for this offseason because we have Much built, better shape. We're in good shape. But then again, I don't know what everybody – because there's no – nobody has to know what everybody else is doing. You guys have done so a good job, there's though. There's no way to really know. I think you guys have done a good job in the branding of this thing, though. Just everywhere from the name to – chronicling it with photos of these guys and working with charities and stuff. I, I do think Thank that you. it's been very all, uh, inspirational to a point to see. And I know, cause I've talked to a lot of these players, like, I mean, like my, my favorite example, it's my favorite thing we've ever done when we do the road shows is my guy is ALE. Yeah, absolutely. Lifelong friend. Yep. I love the guy now. Like in, in just like taking taking those guys to my hometown and watching Isaiah talk to my dad. Like it was just so incredible. Cool. Yep. Um, and then when we took Same Lexi the and Emily, yep. we, we filled Mississippi river distilling with people getting autographs from two women's basketball players. And like, that's freaking awesome. Man. And they had so much fun. They, they, you know, they're interacting with fans. They're signing autographs They're It was, it was just, it's been awesome. Yeah, so it, it, let's build on the positive. Yeah. And that's, it, there is a lot of positives. And I, like Isaiah is, and I've told the story before he's told it himself. Isaiah is still raising his 15 year old sister in Ames with him. His mom, he comes from a single family household. His mom uh, is in and in and out of the hospital on dialysis. Um, so Isaiah's sister is being raised in his apartment in Ames. And so when we first started the collective, we approached some of the guys and the Will McDonald's and the Anthony Johnson said, we don't want to do anything until Isaiah is taken care of first so he can help out his sister. So it comes down to like a culture thing there too. I know so, there was a deal too. I think I can say this. I won't say the name, but I know there was a player whose car just broke down. That fact. And like, it really didn't make sense for the collective. It, this is not like uh, a must like, yeah, it, oh, it didn't. It, it's going to transfer. From a competitive standpoint, it had no benefit for Iowa State. We did the right thing, and you found a great charitable event for this player to go and sign some autographs and, and make some kids' day, and we got a car fixed. And we got to fix his car, and now he could drive honestly to a job interview that yeah. he was looking to go to. I mean, it's stuff like that that, the, again, the media won't bring that part up because I don't understand why. But we're trying to do it a good way, knowing that this is not the perfect system. But if we can all come together and, and support, I think I think it'll all even out eventually. But just got to get through the next next uh, twelve to eighteen weeks. We, we kind of thought. I mean, last summer, I remember I remember writing to our premium members like, from what I'm hearing, this is a two to three year thing, and then people think it'll really be, you know, kind of flatlining at that yeah, point, yeah, or at least institutionalized somewhere, either or through Congress some or the athletic departments, or, right? Yeah, but just, for the next for the next month, it is all hands on deck. Let's go. Let's just try and it's figure it out. Season. It's your time gotta, to shine. My off season, your time it. to shine. This is this is it. This is what we've been building for. So let's uh you honestly can have a direct impact. We will collective.com. Help us out. Um get some get some guys who uh want to be cyclists. And then real quick, the club. If you join the We Will yeah. Club, then you get a Cyclone Fanatic membership too. And this is the best time in the year to do that. Yep, so that's at the $25 and up range. So I just want to be clear on that. So we will collective. So you can do a tax deductible donation. Unfortunately, due to rules, you can't get anything for that because it's a donation IRS rules, or you can be a, we will club member and actually be a, basically a subscriber. And as part of that subscription, you can get a t-shirt, a sweatshirt, a membership to uh, the C CF premium board at a certain level and some other fun things, but that is not then 
a tax deductible donation. Oh, okay. So it's a little bit different, but all goes the same place. Uh, I w- I'd be remiss to to not recognize David Carr. And yeah, absolutely. Just, <laughs> I I had a bad feeling about how that Big Twelve championship match against O'Toole ended, and it just I had a sinking feeling going into that match. Carr is the best. Like he's he couldn't have handled it with more dignity and and grace and. Just really, I, I'd like to thank David here, not not that he's listening, I hope he is, but he kind of brought back my love of Iowa State wrestling. Like, yep. It really, did, alone. you know, I watched during the Jackson years because the Moreno boys were Clarinda kids and I, I like to support them and I really love their dad, Mike, and uh, I'd still watch and, and root for the Cyclones, but it, it was pretty tough sledding there for a while. And Carr kind of, you know, really kickstarted this dresser yeah. era and made it super exciting. And like that guy is a is a cyclone icon. He's not going to be the three time champ, but man, a couple runner ups, four time Big Twelve champ. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He won four Big Twelve championships, and that. But that was just a final kick to the stones on a brutal cyclone weekend last night. It was, and it's just like, man, everyone on everyone on social media is like, David, you can re- you can rescue this whole thing, and it, it didn't go. But that's <sighs> poor guy. It, yeah, you feel for him, but again, O'Toole's a hell of a competitor. Yeah, I mean, man. The, the guy was the national champion himself. Yeah, I mean, and those two have been duking it out, just, and like you just—that's the beauty of sports. It's you don't just know. like Baylor. It, it it's hard to beat a really good dude three times but like that. I I honestly think I think David Carr has a George Niang type impact. He's the kind of the foundational piece that great will point. rebuild. Whatever, because when he got here, it was not not in the best shape. What George meant for the foundation and continues to give back, I'm guessing David's going to be affiliated affiliated with Iowa State wrestling for forever. He should I mean, be. He's that type of that type of guy, and he's just a anybody who's met David, first class guy all the way around. You cannot ask for a better ambassador of Iowa State. Big fan here, really big fan of that guy. It, and it it was fun watching wrestling. I mean, it. I have no idea what Kevin wanted out of the weekend, but I do know that, you know, you watch a Swiderski, you watch Panero Johnson, like the, some of these Fun. young studs, like yep. it, the, the best era, the best part of the Jackson era is still ahead of us. There's no doubt in my mind, but just, you wanted David to get, that I know you just one, but. feel for, again, you don't, you're not bummed at the result. You're bummed for the people who had the result. But then, like, when he acts so gracious about it, yeah. it's kind of like, oh, well, if he's like that, you know, like, well, what am I doing moping around Greensboro, <laughs> swearing, you know? Like, he's up there, like, congratulating the guy, thanking Jesus, yeah. and I'm over here, like, kicking. Yeah, yeah. having swallowing your pride with a bourbon. <laughs> no Cody Road there, though, probably. I, I had a few of those after the women lost. Oh, I think man alive. Did. I think everybody did yesterday. Man alive. Sun came up. It did come I up. I still believe best times for Iowa State are ahead. Let's go. Let's figure it out. It's Bloom's time to shine. It's one blip on the radar. Hey, I I mean, it's better not being there. Oh, 100%. Give me that any day of the week. Thanks to Dime, presenting sponsor. Little English on your way out. Have a great week. Normal podcast schedule. We don't go away in the offseason, baby. Later. Cheers. Devoted, devouring, delicious, the sins that were dead on.